Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. You guys ready to get into the Word? I'm ready. Let's do it. We love our Bibles here at the Rhodes Church, so we get a little pumped when we open them up. So please disregard your neighbor for the next 30 seconds. But get your Bible and open them up to Matthew chapter 16. <laughs> Matthew 16. Yes. Yes, yes. We love the Word of God. Sermon notes are available on the YouVersion Bible app if you'd like to uh, find them as well. Follow along. Yeah, let's just jump into it. Yep, start verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who, who do people say that I am? What does culture say about me? What does society say about me? What is trending on uh, TikTok? What's trending in social media? What are they saying about me? They said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? What is your personal knowledge of me? This is important. He's asking a general question, and then he nails it down. What do you specifically say? Who do you specifically say I am for yourself? And this is what's important for us in society. We need to understand that God is asking for personal knowledge in your life, not general knowledge of the church you attend. There can't be any more of this. Well, do we believe that at our church? It's what do you believe based on your knowledge of your Bible and your Savior? Now, we may collectively come together around common beliefs. That's great. But we need to be standing on the word of God that you say when someone says, well, why, how do you believe? I don't know. Let me call Chad and see what we believe on that. Don't call Chad. Call Jesus. Say, Lord, what do we believe on that? What does your word say? And that's what we need in our life is we need specific personal revelation, not general information. All right, so who do you say? This is, then Simon Peter pipes up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Without a doubt, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood didn't tell you this. You didn't find out from people. You didn't find out about this on social media. You didn't find out about this on YouTube. You found out about this because my Father in heaven revealed something to you that you could not know on your own. This is important. This is what we need to have in our relationship with God, access to information that is unavailable here but readily accessible here. This is what every follower of Jesus needs to be leaning into, trying to gain information that's not on the news. We need to be prepared to live our life based on information we will not get on our Facebook feed. We will not get it by going through Twitter. We will not get it by going through Instagram. Jesus will not be found on my feed. He will be found when I search for him. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Revelation knowledge, revelation knowledge. He said, also, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What am I building my church on? He says, I am building my church on this rock. What is that rock? This rock is the revelation of Jesus by the Father. So who's the church? 
church's people. And Jesus saying, I will, not pointing to me, but Jesus was speaking here. I will build my church. I will build my people on this rock, this firm foundation. What is the firm foundation that all of us should, we build, should be built on? The revelation of who Jesus is by the Father. We need to know for ourselves who is Jesus. If we don't know who Jesus is, we don't know squat. Jesus is not something that should be compartmentalized into 90 minutes on one day a week. Have you ever had this experience in school where you studied for a test and the test was not on what you studied for? Maybe you spent all night studying chapter 3. You knew chapter 3 forwards and backwards, inside and out. You were ready and you get into class only to find out that the test is on chapter 4 that you did not even look at. You know nothing about it other than 4 comes after 3. But you're not prepared for the test because you didn't study that. This is what I feel like God is say happening, says happening in the world today. People are studying for a test, but they're studying the wrong thing. They're not going to be ready. The test that we're all going to have to pass is the one that's based on this book right here. I'm not going to have a test on my TikTok proficiency. I'm not going to have a test on what I know from Instagram or for social media. I'm going to have to, what do I know about Jesus? Everything's based on what happened on this cross, what he did for me, how he saved me. If I don't know about Jesus, I don't know anything. This is what he's trying to tell us and he's trying to remind us. We're not here just to attend services. We're here to know Jesus. We're here to know why is that crown of thorns on that bloody head? Why is that Jewish man hanging naked on a cross? Why does the, to the, st the stone rolled away and he come up out of the grave? How does that matter? It matters for everything. And if I don't know that, everything I know doesn't really matter. It's okay to know how to fix a car. It's great. But if I know how to fix a car and I don't know Jesus... It's okay to know all kinds of different things. That's wonderful, but if I don't know that, he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. On this rock, I'll build my people. And when I build people on that, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time... He began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord. I was watching a podcast the other day and they said that you should not go to the cross. Trying to make it relevant, people redefining their, their, their beliefs and their ideology of God because they've listened to or watched a podcast. People saying, hey, well, I, I don't believe that anymore. Hey, you need to check out this podcast. I don't need to check out podcast. Show me chapter and verse why you believe why the way you believe. If it's only so-and-so says this, I don't care who so-and-so is, even if his name is Chad Everett, it doesn't mean anything unless chapter and verse is supporting what I say. So Peter 
gave him his rational knowledge based on a good podcast. And Jesus said, I'm making that relevant. It's not in there. If you're looking for podcasts in your Bible, I'm sorry. Verse 23, but he turned and Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense for me. You're a trap for me. You're a snare for me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of men. Mindful. Mindful. The word mindful in the Greek is a word that means to think in a particular manner or have a certain type of attitude. Your mind is full of the wrong way of thinking. Your mind is full of the wrong attitude. Jesus was saying to him, Peter, your problem is your mind is full of things that men have taught you. And your mind is empty of things that I want to teach you. There is a vast disparity between the things of men and the things of God. And the problem is we're wanting to live our life based on wisdom of the things of man and being ignorant of the things of God. And the things of God are the only thing that's going to matter in eternity. And we are preparing for eternity. We are preparing for Jesus to come back. We're preparing people so that they're living their life, not wasting time getting excellent at the wrong things and being novices at the things that make all the difference in the world. He's saying, listen, Peter, your problem is your mind's full of the wrong things. And the, and the issues of Peter uh, is still the issues with many of us today. We, we, we're not thinking correctly because our mind's full of the wrong issues. And we need to get where our mind is thinking full of the things of God and not things of the world. So how do we do that? How do we get full of the things of God if we're full of the things of man? How do we get full of either one? There are certain laws or principles in the kingdom of God that are universal. Certain laws and principles that are universal in the kingdom of God. One of them that I'll give you today is sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. This is a universal, what I mean by that, this is a law like gravity. You can say, I don't like or I don't believe in gravity. And climb up on the top of this roof and say, I don't believe in gravity. You can hurl yourself right off the peak. The law of gravity will say, whether you believe in me or not, I am in operation. And aside from a higher law of lift and thrust, that's how airplanes take off, because they enact a higher law. I don't want to go too deep with this. But there are certain laws that are in place, and they can only be overridden by a higher law. The law of sowing and reaping. In Genesis chapter 8, we see this law explained in the very beginning, the book of beginnings. Genesis 8 verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Is the earth still remaining? Can I ask you real quick? So if the earth still remains, the rest of these things will not cease. That means they will not come to an end. They will not stop. They will keep going. What are those things? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to them again. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, just coming out of summer, going into fall, going into winter here in the Midwest, day and night. Did the sun come up this morning even though it was an hour later than normal? Yes. 
Praise the Lord for that extra hour. Yeah. But that sun just keeps coming up in the east and setting in the west. Keeps coming up in the every single day. Why is that? Because God said so. Because God said, sun, every day you will keep coming up and you will keep going. The earth is going to continue to spin. It's going to continue to rotate. All of that's going to happen. What, what will also happen is seed time and harvest. Farmers, gardeners. All of you should be in on what God's saying. Notice what he's saying. There's a principle. Seed, time, and harvest. We don't like that. We want seed time harvest. Seed time harvest. Or just seed harvest. But the kingdom of God is based on seed, scatter seed, sow seed. Time, time. Time, time, I don't know how long. Sometimes that time is shorter than others, but it's still time. Until we get to eternity, we will still deal with time. Then there's harvest. Farmers understand this. I, don't, I have never seen a farmer that knows what they're doing pull up to a field in April with a combine and said, let's go. I planted two weeks ago. I'm fired up. We're fueled up. I got the trucks pulled up. We're ready. Nobody does that. Why? Because they understand seed. Harvest. So how, when he says, Peter, your mind is full of the wrong things. How did Peter get his mind full of the wrong things? Seed, time, and harvest. So how do we change that? Let's look at Galatians chapter 6. Bless you. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go. You got to let it happen. Galatians chapter 6. Here's a principle you need to understand in the kingdom that I think is important. If we're full of the wrong things in the kingdom, the best way to get rid of the wrong things is to fill up Fill up with more of the right things. Trying to just empty out wrong things will not make us full of the right things. Some people have tried to live this way. If I will just dump out the bad things in my life, I will be full of good things. That's not how it works. We will be, if we have to continue to fill up with good things and that pushes out all of the bad. How do I get empty of bad habits? I fill with good habits. I'm just trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. Start filling yourself with something bigger than that, and it'll push that habit right out. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm just saying that's the process. Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He's not mocked. For whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever, whatever. does that include everything? Whatever, is that a general term, specific term? I mean, that's a general term. Whatever in any category of your life, a man or a woman, let's just say a person sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a person sows, what will he reap? He will reap that, underline the word that, or say it out loud. It doesn't matter. We say it, that, underline it. Whatever a person sows, 
That is what, he gonna, what he's going to reap, what, are the, what they're going to reap. So what are we going to reap? Is it a mystery of what we're going to reap? Is, it a, is there any confusion around what we're going to reap? He says, whatever a person sows, that. Now everybody say that. Yeah. What will we reap? That which we sow. It's not hard. It's not complicated. So if my mind is full of the wrong things, it's because I'm sowing the wrong things into my life. If I've got the wrong thoughts in my life, I need to ask myself, Chad, what are you meditating on? Are you meditating on what they said, that negative thing, that, that uh, conflict? Are you, are you meditating on that? You know when you can't get something out of your brain? I was like that this morning. I thought, great, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get an extra hour of sleep. My body said, <laughs> woke up, boom, an hour earlier than I was supposed to get up. That's not how this is supposed to work. So I wake up, and as soon as I wake up, my mind starts. I don't know if yours does that, but I usually just try and lay there and think nothing. Oh, it didn't work. So if your mind is just racing and racing, racing over something, you've got to look if I'm sowing into that over and over. Am I sowing into what that person said? You ever had somebody say something to you and you couldn't get out of your head? Maybe not you. You're watching online, you people, that you, you're like, the way they said it and you just keep rehearsing that and rehearsing that and rehearsing that and the more you sneak about, the more. That's sowing. That's sowing. You ever... Sometimes the problem, what we're, the main way we sow is through our words. We sow with our words. So it's no mystery that if I'm, I'm reaping something I don't want in my life, I need to go backwards. Okay, so remember, it's seed, time, harvest. I don't like my harvest. What do I need to do? I need to look backwards. Time, seed. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I've been saying this for a long time. Time, and now I'm living in it. So now I need to go backwards and plant new seed, allow time. Sometimes we have a revelation of, oh, that, this is bad. I don't want this. And so when we go back to start new seed, all of a sudden we forgot the time it took to get in the mess we were in, and we want to subtract time and just zap from seed right into harvest. If I developed a bad habit over time, I need to develop a new habit over new time. So if my mind, <laughs> if my mind is full, I know it's boo, it's bad, I don't want to have to do that. But if my mind is full of the wrong things, I've got to be planting things in the beginning that's going to grow over time and produce a different result. This is what's happening that the enemy is coming after the young generation to plant seeds over time because he's looking at the long goal of getting a new group of people that think like he thinks. This is an age-old strategy been, been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. I'll give you a biblical example going back to even when the Israelites were taken captive by the Babylonians. The Babylonians also called the Chaldeans. And the strategy of the Chaldeans was to come into a group. Rome even had the same principle, so they've all done it. 
They would come in, they would take over a country, and the first thing they would do was go after the young people. Pull the young people aside and begin to educate the young people into their culture. They would bring them into Chaldean school and they would teach them the Chaldean language so that they would start talking like a Chaldean and not like God's people. They would start changing their values and implementing the values of the Chaldeans and the culture of the Chaldeans so that over time they would be able to harvest a Chaldean. If we will get them young enough while they're young and impressionable and their Jewish parents are telling them about the ways of God and they come into this new enlightened culture and they're free thinking, they're, wait a minute, your parents are trying to hold you back. This is a new way of thinking. This is a new exciting culture. You need to embrace this thought process. And they begin plant those seeds over time to produce a Chaldean. Same thing happening with our children today. They're trying to get our children today into a new culture, a new way of thinking that what's up is down and what's down is up. What's good is evil and what's evil is good. And they're coming for children. And the problem is not the big bad world. The problem is the church. The world has always been the world, will always be the world. But the church started napping. And the church started saying, you know what? I send my kid to an expert to learn baseball. I send my kid to an expert to learn soccer or learn musical instruments. I send them to somebody else to, to learn the things of God. I got to send them to the church. We thought we sent our kids everywhere to teach them everything and forgot we're supposed to teach our kids about Jesus. We're supposed to teach our kids about the things of God. We sent them off to school. We sent them off to church and we thought they'd get everything they need about education and about God at those places. When they come home, we just get on our screens and we watch movies and we just do our stuff. And God's saying, I'm coming after the children because God's wanting to do something in our kids and take them back. We got, we got kids now that the culture is trying to tell them it's okay for men to be married to men and women to be married to men, to women. And this is something that we're the church backing up on. Now the church is saying, I'm not so sure. I think it's okay. Where does it say in my Bible that, that Moses said, Jesus said, Paul said, I can't seem to find it anywhere in here that marriage is between anything other than a man and a woman. Where does it say that a boy, nine-year-old, could start taking drugs, have body parts taken off of him? Girls at nine years old start taking drugs to change them from a woman into a man. Where's that, where's that in our Bible that we can determine what our gender is by how I feel? And the church is backed up, backed up, backed up. We don't want to offend anybody because we want people to come into our churches. But when are we going to stand up and say, hey, no more. We're going to stand for the things of God. Not mean, not hateful, but I don't want my nine-year-old child. I've got a 10-year-old son. Someone take him to school and say, what do you feel like today? Do you want to be a girl today? Well, listen, we can start giving you these pills and you can turn. <sighs> Doing this as a child, they can do that without even asking parents permission. Don't even have to talk to parents. What is that? That's Chaldeans. They're trying to get you away from your parents, get you into our school, get you into our culture. 
They're trying to sow, sow, sow. Why, why am I talking about this? Because the, the church is supposed to grow and develop disciples. And we've got to sow some new things into our kids. God wants to build our people. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. I don't think we should be political. The problem is the church thought things are political that are biblical. And so we, we, let, we let people tell us what we could talk about. I'm like, I'm like, I can't talk about marriage. Marriage is not political. Marriage is defined by God. God's the one who put marriage into place. Well, I got some good friends. I got good friends and family. That, that It doesn't matter. I got people in my family that are smoking dope. Doesn't make it okay just because they're doing it. I'm just saying we, we don't have to be mean, but we got to be truthful. Got to be truthful because then you got that nine-year-old boy that, that thinks they're supposed to be a girl, and now they come up, and now all of a sudden they get a revelation. Wait a minute. I don't want to be that, and someone told a lie to them, and now how do I go back? How do I revert back? How do I get back to where I was? We're making disciples because we're sowing things into our life. Our mind's full of this world, and God's wants us to be full of things of God. See, we thought too much that the things of God was just about church and things that matter to us, real world, is just going to our jobs, making money, and getting retirement. And the things of God were for people on this platform. You, Chad, give me a good sermon. Give me a good sermon, Chad. We'll have our kids back there, and you teach them about Jesus, and I'll bring them home. And we'll not talk about God all week. We'll not read our Bibles. We'll not pray. And God's saying, Liz, that's not discipleship. Discipleship is that our mind is full of the things of God. People start making phrases like this. Well, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. I'm telling you, if you're not heavenly minded, you are of no earthly good. There is no earthly good if we don't have heaven, if we don't have the king of kings on our mind. Because I can bring my great retirement, I can bring my great success in business or whatever. I can bring all that to the king of glory. And the first thing he's going to say is, what did you do with my son? What do you know about my son? We'll be like, I, I, I don't really know. I, I, man, Chad could preach a good sermon. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because he says in Matthew 28, Jesus was talking in verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make what? Make disciples. disciples. It doesn't say make church attenders. Doesn't say that. It says make disciples. Do you know in the word disciple is also the word discipline? It takes discipline to be a disciple. What's God calling us to do as a church? He's calling us to get in people's face in a loving way and tell them it's time to grow up in the things of God, to own for yourself your own personal relationship with Jesus. We're not going to coddle and say it's okay. We'll make sure and, and get a church down to where it's appealing to people. What do we need to do? Church is too long. That's all right. We'll adjust it. We can get it down to 60 minutes. Is that okay? Is 60 minutes okay? We're singing too long. Okay, we can cut some songs out. We can make sure make sure the song service as small as short as possible. And I don't like what you're preaching on. Okay, we can only preach on relevant topics so then you walk out, you feel good about yourself. We try to create this consumer-based Christianity, called it church, so that people would come, come. I feel better about myself if there's a big crowd. But we're not making disciples out of that. We're making people that think they're good and they don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about the Bible. But they come here so they think they're good because they come to a church. It doesn't matter, friends. I love you. I love you. I love you. I got to tell you. 
What you know about Jesus is all that matters. The Bible says there's no other way to get to the Father but through Jesus. So he says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, immersing them in the name of the Father and of Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptizo. You know what that word means? Baptizo means to completely immerse someone. That's what the Greek word means. What am I saying? Not only does that mean in water, and, and for that, that application is 100% good. Also means teaching them to go all in for Jesus. It's not like baptizing them means keep this much out of water, keep my head out, I just want my body. How much do, needs to go under so I still go to heaven? That's the kind of baptism that a lot of people are asking. Hey, can I have that baptism where I just get my name on the card so that when I die, I go to heaven? How much, how much do I need to baptize in order to still? He says, all in. All in. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then look at verse 20, first word. Teaching them teaching them to impart skill or knowledge to. We need to teach our children. We need to teach our adults that coming to church is not enough. So you need to be in classes. You need to be in foundations class. You need to be in Jesus book class. You need to be in small groups. You need to be with people that you're connecting with. You need to be learning. You need to be reading. You need to be growing skills and knowledge. We need to impart skills of being believers. It takes skill to walk in the things of God. I don't want to go to that verse now. I'm just, scriptures are coming to my mind. I'm like, I don't have time to go to that. Teaching them to observe how many things? Teaching them to observe how many things? Oh, look, what's the word observe mean? I'm glad you asked. In the English, oh, I observe that. Do I have any teachers, education people, background, teaching? Okay, got a few. The rest of you not too proud of it or something? You're not showing I know we got others. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Come on. That was good. Any teachers in the house? But anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is, like when you come out of, come out, you get your diploma, uh, or maybe before you get your diploma, and you do student teaching and you observe. When you observe, it's not just you sit there and watch. You participate. You're trained so that you will be able to do everything that you're seeing done. So now they start putting more uh, authority into you. You start getting more active and doing things. Here's what the word means literally in the Greek. It means to watch, yes, check, to guard, to keep. Here's the last part I like. To cause a state to continue to conform one's action or practice to. Put that in here. Teaching them to watch, teaching them to guard, teaching them to continue, teaching them to conform one's action or practice to. In other words, our life should be molded or shaped according to all the things that Jesus commands us. Does our life look like, act like, talk like Jesus? That's a disciple. What's, what is a disciple? It is a person who's been taught 
to observe and conform their life according to the teachings of Jesus. So this is why we're raising the bar with this. Because as the time is running short, deception is going to be rampant in the world. It's going to happen more and more and more. The Bible says that in the last days, many will be deceived. So our goal is not to make anybody feel bad, but it's to teach us so that we're not deceived and we recognize what the enemy is doing and we recognize what God is doing. Because if the church doesn't know, back to what I said, the problem is not the world. The problem is the church didn't tell the world what we know. Who do I need to talk to? The church thought that the world will either get it or they won't. And they forgot that it's our job to tell them what's right and wrong according to the word. Not according to my opinion. According to what the word says. This is why we need to know the word. Because if I go up and I say, the way you're living is not right. They'll say, who do you think you are? Well, that's right. I guess, who do I think I am? But if I say that Jesus says this in the Bible, then it's not me who made, him, made that decision. It's the word of God that they will have to answer to. So if the church doesn't tell people, who will? Will social media tell them? Who's going to tell our kids that this is the way marriage is supposed to be? Who's going to tell our kids that who they are out of the womb, that's their creation, that's who God created you to be? You may have some feelings as you're growing up, and that's fine, but we'll bring those into subjection to the obedience of Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, tells me the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds, casting down demonic imaginations that try and tell me I'm not a man, try and tell me I'm not a woman, try and tell me I'm not a boy or a girl. I cast those imaginations down, and I bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Well, I'm having thoughts. Well, get in line. All of us having thoughts. If I was only saved because I didn't have any bad thoughts. That's all I'm going to say about that. There's times I have thoughts that I'm like, I was, you know what? Okay, I'll say that. I was praying this morning. Right here. This is my spot, sometimes really early in the morning. Nobody's in here, it's all dark. And I was laying there. And I'm really trying to press into God. I looked great. I'm laying down prostrate. If someone would come in, music was playing, they saw me, man, he must really be entering in. I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could seek God like that. You know what I was thinking about? I'm sitting there trying to pray. Let's just say, I'm not going to get into what I was thinking about. I was thinking about such random stuff, and I was feeling so bad and so guilty. And the Lord is like he was trying to encourage me. He said, if people knew how much you struggled, I think it would help them. Well, I'm glad that you think so. <laughs> I, I don't overcome because I don't have struggles. I don't overcome because I don't have issues. I don't, I don't not cuss because I never have a thought. Or I don't, I, don't, I don't ever not lust because I don't have thoughts. I don't ever not act on something because I don't have the thought. I'm just trying to learn that when I take that thought captive and say no in Jesus' name, I will not act on you. 
You're not leading this ship. I am led by the Holy Spirit. I am led by the voice of God. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm not going to do what the devil tells me to do. I may have squirrel moments where my mind's going crazy. I'm in here trying to worship this morning. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking about this and thinking about Focus, Chad. Everybody else thinking, man, I wish I could worship like you. I'm like, I wish I could think straight sometimes. Am I helping anybody? The Lord said I would, so I better. (laughs) Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Here's Here's what the Lord's challenging us with this morning. I want you to take a posture of reception because we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us real quickly. Just hold your hands out in front of you. Hold your hands out in front of you and let's ask the Holy Spirit, what is your mind full of? Maybe you're like me and you got some squirrel moments going right now. Okay, just bring them into subjection. Is your mind full of the things of God or are you just barely once in a while on a random situation getting a God thought. You know why our minds are not full of the things of God? Because we're not sowing into the things of God. I tried reading my Bible. I didn't get anything out of it. I read it for a solid 15 minutes and I didn't get a thing out of it. Seed, time, 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 and harvest. We don't think a lot about what we're harvesting when we'll spend 30, 45 minutes or an hour scanning a feed on Facebook. Just sitting there scrolling with that thumb. 30 minutes goes by, 45, what are we harvesting? We don't even think about that. The same thing when you're sowing seed into the word in your life. Sowing seed into the right music playing. Sowing seed into messages. Sowing seed into the things of God. It doesn't mean you don't do house cleaning or do your hobbies or do anything like that. It doesn't just bring Jesus with you in all of that. It doesn't mean you you don't focus on work and getting work done. You bring Jesus to work. And you pray at that situation work. But we're sowing things into the our sowing too much seed into the wrong things and so our mind is full of anxiety of issues and bitterness or what have you and God's saying it's time to get your mind full of the things of God it's time to be a disciple thank you for listening to this week's message if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give please visit us at theroads.church to stay connected follow us on Facebook and Instagram You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.